And, you know, one, one day I'm going to be technologically advanced, like my brother Rasan, I'm going to have me a little tablet where I don't have to have all these different texts. Because <laughs> they get heavy, man, I'm getting older. <laughs> but, you know, I don't have to carry the load because Jesus carries that load for me. He said, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you, hook up with me, and I'll carry that load. Amen. All right, I'm going to um, start out with a little history lesson. And then I'm going to, then this will be all about his story. But it's going to be history, and then his story. We're um, going to be coming out of Revelation chapter 3. Verses 7 through 13, the message to the church in Philadelphia. And you know, I'm thinking about that, and I've always heard it. Well, what I received until the past couple of weeks, <laughs> studying, studying this, what I've always received, you know, and, and perceived, and you know, you receive as God reveals things to you. And I think God. Hassan asked me to teach on Philadelphia because, you know, the, the city of brotherly love is what they, you know, like to call the city of brotherly love. You know, praise God, like in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love, I don't know if they still do, but I know they used to have a magistrate and a jail at the football stadium. You know, I don't know if they still do or not. But, you know, that's brotherly love right there, you know. <laughs> you know <laughs> run them through the chain, man, lock them up quick. <laughs> you know, and don't, let, don't let them get back to their car. We can have that too, you know. But it, it was just, it, it struck me funny because when I've heard the book of Revelations taught, and especially the letters to the churches on the, the thing that's pointed out is, God had no complaints. Jesus didn't have any complaints. Just told him, keep doing what you're doing. You know, and I'm thinking, in my mind, I'm thinking that's, you know, because it says a lot of the titles in the Bibles will say message to Philadelphia. It's not message to Philadelphia. It's a message to the church in Philadelphia, to the body of Christ in Philadelphia, that lampstand and that angel who's leading them. It's not about, it's not to that whole city, it's to that church in Philadelphia. So that's one thing that really jumped out to me. And then I had to do some research on Philadelphia and this best little brief description. It says, Philadelphia was founded by, by the citizens of Pergamos. The community was built in a frontier area as a gateway to the central plateau of Asia Minor. Philadelphia's residents kept barbarians out of the region and brought in the Greek culture and language. The city was destroyed by an earthquake in 17 AD, and the aftershocks kept people so worried that the majority of them lived outside the city limits because the earthquake was so bad. But the thing with that, 
the Greek, they brought in the Greek culture and um, I read somewhere in my research that they were, they would call it like Little Athens or Athens, Athens, but because they had all the gods and they worshiped the gods, the people of Philadelphia, the people of Philadelphia, not the church of Philadelphia. That's why it's so important to know that, is to know what the church was in for, what they were living in. It's like, kind of like what I perceive the church in the world today, all over the world, and especially in America. There's a lot of darkness in this country today. There's a lot of just openly, blatantly, throw it in your face lies and dishonesty and, and calling sin not sin you know like man can determine what is sin which is a bunch of baloney <laughs> it's, you know God calls it sin it's sin regardless of whether you legalize it or not and there's so many things in this country that this just it to me, if we're born again believers and we, we trust that Jesus is our Lord and we, we surrender our lives to Him and we try to live pleasing to Him, it's a tough task when you walk in this dark world. And that's why it's so important for believers to come together, not to forsake the gathering of the brethren because we need to be together because together we're strong. By ourselves we're vulnerable. We're, we're extremely vulnerable if we think, hey, I've got a relationship with God. Praise the Lord. I hope you do. I'm glad you do. But if you're not coming together with other parts of the body, the, the less you're around other parts of the body, it would be like walking around with one foot or, you know, being blind, being deaf, you know, in, in his body, if, if you're blind, or if I was blind, which I'm, my eyes are getting worse and worse, <laughs> one of y'all can walk me to the door to keep me from bumping into things, because in my home where I'm comfortable, I can maneuver and I can make it, but if I'm not in a comfortable surrounding, I need somebody, I need help. And, and, and that's what we're to come together for, is to help each other learn God's Word. Because it, it's, not, it's not a hard thing to understand. It's a hard thing to do on your own, but as a body, when you come together, we all have the same Holy Spirit Jesus had. We had the same Holy Spirit the apostles had. Amen. They they didn't. I believe Pastor said it last week. Send them out by twos, two by two. But you had at least two because we're two come together in the name of Jesus. He's right there in the midst. So there you have that threefold cord, which is a whole lot harder to break than a single strand. Mm -hmm. And and any time we come together with a brother or sister in Christ and we're glorifying God or we're, you know, our conversation will be judged. 
you know, and we come together and we edify each other, we lift each other up, we encourage each other in the Lord. And as I'm studying this, and I'm going over it again this morning, and this guy walks by, he's walking with the cane, and I'm thinking, he looks mighty young. And he walked on the cane, and he turns and says something to me, and I'm not sure what it was. And I just stopped what I was doing, where there have been times where I'm I'm getting into the Word and somebody wants to talk to me, and I'm like, going, <laughs> you know, and keep reading. But that's not of God. That's be useless knowledge. If I'm reading this and I'm really seeking God and the, the God of this, my, my Savior, if I'm really seeking a closer relationship with Him and I'm digging in and just feeding my brain and not feeding my heart, I'm going to go, hey, <laughs> you see I'm busy? But immediately I stopped and I turned and I looked at him and smiled. I said, hey, what's up, brother? How's it going, man? It's a beautiful day out here. You know, he goes, and he's walking on the cane. He turns, he stops, he goes. I said, what's your name? He said, Tracy. I said, I'm Phil, man. And we're talking. And I have him sit down at the picnic table with me where I'm at. It's kind of a little secluded place right off the parking area. And we start talking about, start talking about God. Because I told him, you know, share with him what I was doing and talking to God and then we get to talking back and forth and he's and he's talking and he's like listening and I'm going, You believe in God? He goes, Yeah and then he starts telling me and I'm like going, Well, when you leave this world are, are you sure? Are you hundred percent sure you're going home? And he looked at me, looked down the table, looks back at me, he goes, Well I know my relationship with God. He says I don't know if anything's 100%. I said, well, tell me something. Are you 100% sure you're sitting at this picnic table talking to me right now? He just looked at me and started laughing. He said, I said, if you know you're going home, if you know you're going home to your Father in heaven, see your Savior face to face one day, aren't you going to want to live pleasing to Him? I said, I, and, and then we just got to talking and got going deep, and it actually goes right into this message, and I'm going to get into that right now, and, and I'll share a little more about Tracy and Luke. But Revelation chapter three, verse seven through thirteen, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write. He who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens, say, says this, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door, which no one can shut, because you have a little power, and have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Behold. I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them to come and bow down at your feet and to know that I have loved you because you have kept the word of my perseverance 
I also will keep you from the hour of testing, that hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell upon the earth. I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have in order that no one take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out from it anymore. And I will write upon him the name of my God, in the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down of heaven, comes down out of heaven from my God, and my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I, I love this. In, in verse 7, it says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. Remember, it's not to Philadelphia, because they were the world, but the church is separated from the world, it's supposed to be holy, sanctified, set apart. Amen. It says, he who is holy, he who is holy and true, which is Jesus, he who has the key of David, and the key of David testifies of his authority. So visit his authority. The one who shuts, but the one, the one who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one can open. He has the authority to open the gates of heaven. He has the authority to close the gates of heaven. He has the authority to open the gates of hell. He has the authority to close the gates of hell. And I believe it's in um, chapter 1 verse 18 says in the living one and I was dead and behold I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and of Hades but he has the authority to carry out the father's will because what Jesus did what he lived for in the flesh when he came in the flesh and even before he came in the flesh he lived to glorify the father lived to glorify the father so and he's got the authority over everything in verse 8 it says I know your deeds behold I have put before you an open door okay he has he's put before them an open door in Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. For a wide door for effective service is open to me. This is Paul coming up. Verse 8 says, But I shall remain in the thesis until Pentecost, for a wide door of effective service is open to me, and there are many adversaries. It says, and then back in Revelations, verse 8 says, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut, because you have a little power, and have kept my word, and have not denied my name. That open door 
there's a lot of different opinions on what that open door is. But reading this is to serve God. If you truly believe that He is Lord of your life, Lord means master. Mm -hmm. He's our, if He's your master, He holds the keys to heaven to let you in. He can shut, open and shut the gates of heaven. He can open and shut the gates of hell. If He's your master and you're disobedient in your way of life, the way you live consistently, if we live in sin, What's he going to do? But, but he's telling. But because you have little power, and he's not not insulting them in any kind of way. Because when I had read this before, you know, the last time I read it, I've, I've read this word. I read the New Testament constantly. I, I read, and then I start. I'm back in Matthew now, and then. I'll read it again and again, and I've done that for 13 years. Every, you know, and I'm in the Old Testament too, but I read the New Testament repeatedly, and I've never, and this never stuck out to me. But it says, "No one can shut." And it says, "Because you have a little power," and I'm like, "Well, what is this little power? They're weak. They, they, not walking. In the, they don't have the gifts." And, all this stuff, but that little power is because it was such a small body of Christ in this little Athens, this idol-worshiping gateway to Asia, Asia Minor. And, you know, it, it's a gateway, so people, all kinds of people coming through there, and there's people coming through there worshiping Zeus or whoever, you know, all these Greek gods and all this, these other idols they're worshiping. And these guys are sitting there holding to what they know, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who delivered them, he's the one keeping them in there. And they're like at light. I was saying something on Wednesday. It's like, it's like a beacon of light in the center of a big dark hole. A beacon of light in this dark world. They were a beacon of light in that city of Philadelphia. And they were being persecuted because the next verse, verse 9, he tells us, says, Behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them to come and bow down at your feet and to know that I have loved you. Turn, turn to Romans 2. Yeah, Romans chapter 2. See what that um, with that tablet is the whole lot easier to keep my place with all these cards, man. I'm like you're sliding down on this one. But remember when it says, it says, Behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. In in Romans chapter two, verses twenty-eight and twenty-nine. Bible says, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, neither is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew 
who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that which is of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. And his praise is not from men, but from God. Just because you say you're a Jew, don't make you a Jew. <laughs> Just because you say you're a Christian, don't make you a Christian. Amen. How do you live your life? Amen. How do we live our lives? You know, and, and you know, the, this guy I was talking to today. You know, he didn't tell me he was a Christian, um, Tracy. But in our conversation, God revealed to me that he is a Christian. He, he knew the word. He tries to live right. This that up. He knows you can't work your way into heaven. He knows it's by the grace of God and, and by the blood of Christ that we're cleansed and, and we're saved through Jesus and Jesus alone. But two years ago, he had a stroke. You know, he's 53 years old. And he was telling me about this, having a stroke, and he's feeling down. Then I got to share with him about my vertigo. <laughs> And I told him, I said, I, I know I didn't have a stroke. I don't have partial paralysis. I said, but I'm still dealing with it daily. I said, and after about four months, I said, I started to get really discouraged. I said, but I never stopped reading my word. I, did, I didn't stop. I missed church a couple of times, and my pastor started picking me up, <laughs> and, you know, making sure I wasn't forsaking the gathering of the brethren because I couldn't drive. He was... God put it in his heart to come pick me up and carry me to his home. And I said, dude, I said, you gotta get, you gotta be connected to the body. You gotta be connected to the body. I said, because if you're not, you're easy prey. You're easy prey for the devil. I said, if, if you've got the Spirit of God living in you, he can't possess you, but he can oppress you, depress you, <laughs> knock you down, confuse you. Get in between your ears and bounce around till you think you're crazy. I said, and then he started sharing with me that he went to a time where he, he wanted to commit suicide, which before I got saved, I went through a long stage in my life where I wanted to, I just wanted to, to die. You know, I didn't have a relationship with God, but like y'all know, I was born and raised Catholic, so I knew there was a Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus died to save the world, and I shared with him, I said, but I didn't know he died to save me until I was in my 40s. I said, and, and I've got that relationship with him. I said, he tells me in his word not to forsake the gathering of the brethren. We come together. We, 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 we might not, in, in, in this country, the true believers don't have strength. We're not very powerful. But, it's not about us and our power. Mm -hmm. It's about the power of God, Amen. the power of Jesus Christ. He's, he says, because you have kept my word, verse 10, because you have kept my word in the word of my perseverance. So here, here's where I had to use my investigative, um, my, my investigative um, abilities that I'm learning from my... my Brother Rasan back here. <laughs> I had to I had to look up perseverance because a lot of, a lot of words you know I always I come across a word I'll look it up to be sure I understand what it's saying. And perseverance says persistence in doing something 
despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Perseverance is persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in, in achieving success. And it's also, it's in some versions say steadfast, to resolutely or dutifully firm, dutifully firm and unwavering. Because you have kept the word of my perseverance, I will also keep you from the hour of testing. Does he say, because of your perseverance, you'll be able to endure this testing of this temptation, which, you know, he doesn't say, he says, I also will keep you from the hour of testing. And that gets into a whole other <laughs> discussion because it, it's a lot, a lot of people think before any tribulation, before any tribulation, church is going to be raptured from this planet. I was taught that. I, I believe that. I, you know. But the more I learn, the more I read, and the more I read, it's in Matthew chapter 24. chapter 24 verses 20 through 22. But pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on a Sabbath, for then there will be a great tribulation such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever shall be. And unless those days had been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days shall be cut short. It doesn't say avoided. It doesn't say he's going to take us up before that tribulation. And I believe this is God's word, and I believe that every word of it is true. It would be so nice, but I believe that the tribulation we're going to see that if we're still alive it, it's God's time it's not ours we, we're constrained by time he's not and his time is always perfect but it says because you have kept the word of my perseverance you haven't seen my salvation yet know in your heart you know in your heart because you're keeping your persevering you're being persecuted by the synagogue of Satan which are the Jews who say they're Jews but they're not because they, they lie or, the, or in some cases the Christians who say they're Christians who, who come up and go Bill it don't take all that it, it, it don't take all that Jesus loves you Praise God, I know Jesus loves me, but He also tells me, if you love me, keep my commands. Amen. 
He doesn't say, if you love me, go ahead and live like the world. Jump on that same highway they're on. It, it, it's a wide, it's a wide, wide road, and it's a big, big gate heading to hell. But it's a narrow gate. And straight is the way. That's what Jesus says. As Jesus Christ, when he was in the flesh, said, Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way. And then, if I'm going to be, have no tribulation, and He's going to forgive me, ah, I'll be running, run, 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 run. But that's not brotherly love. That's lust of the world, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Hey, I got this. I lived like that until I found Jesus. But then I found Jesus. He came into my heart, and I, excuse me, let me back up. He found me, and I was a mess. That's what happened. I didn't find him. He found me. He grabbed my heart, told me to come to him, and I'd be okay. And I continued to search, and I went to different churches, and I hear about his grace and his mercy. His grace and his mercy, and his mercy does endure forever. And his grace is sufficient for me, and it's sufficient for everyone in this room and everybody in the body of Christ. But it doesn't mean we can live a lie. Amen. And He'll forgive us. Because liars will not make it into the kingdom of God is what my word tells me. We can't say that we're something that we're not. That's being part of the synagogue of Satan. It don't take all that. You don't have to be holy. Well, Peter tells us, be ye holy. God says, be ye holy because I am holy. Jesus says in verse 7, He said, He who is holy, He who is set apart, we're supposed to be followers of Christ. We have to commit our lives and surrender our lives, pick up our cross daily, and let Him use us. Let Him live through us. Like Paul said, it's not I that live, it's Christ that lives in me and through me. We have to allow Him, His Holy Spirit, to lead and guide our steps, to open up our heart. Like when I was studying, I'm like going, because I get stressed out when I have to. <laughs> when I don't know why. I'm fine once I start, but when I'm studying and stuff, I'm like going, it, it's like I'm being attacked mentally, you know. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit ADD, and my dad used to give me a little bit across back of the neck, you know, so. Some, some kind of pill to calm me down. <laughs> I get a slap upside the head. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but I'm sitting there, and this guy, Tracy, comes up, and God goes, "What do you What do you always tell people, Phil? What do I tell? Open up. Let that light shine. Open up. Let that love flow." If we have the love of God in us and we keep it all bound up, it's like a pond. Life is in the river, but it's moving. The river is alive. Ponds get lily pads and I don't know what you call it, all that green stuff growing on it. You know, algae, yeah, algae gets algae all over it. And it's just not pretty. The river. And so we're 
we're, we have a river of life in us. But if we're holding that in, what's it doing? It's going to drown us. We can be drowned in knowledge. We can know the Word, and, and, and we, but we need to walk the Word. If, if, if we know the Word and we're staying, and, and I'm guilty of the times, I mean, we all are, but it, it's God puts on my heart to go out somewhere, like today in the park. I'm, I'm like, when it's cold, I ain't going out there. I'm going to stay in my bedroom. Spend time with God. God's going to go to the park. Go to the park. I'm like, I'm procrastinating. And, and I finally get in the shower. I go to the park. And this guy, Tracy, God brings him right to me. He couldn't run away from me if I was trying to catch him. But because he was on the cane and stuff and had that stroke. But he comes up, and, and God brought him right to me because it's exactly what this is about. It, 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 it's holding fast. It's holding fast to that love. It's it, it holding fast to his commands. Amen. I mean, in keeping the word of his, not ours, but his perseverance. And if his spirit's living in us, that's the only way we can persevere. That's the only way we can endure. That's the only way we can be steadfast. It's not about us. It's about Him. I didn't want to go out there because it was cold, so I put on a t-shirt, put on a jacket, put on another jacket I'm out there. And God brings this guy right in my path. And the guy was depressed. He was down. He was just beaten. The life's been beating him up for two years since he had that stroke. He's 53. His his um, occupation, he was a climber. He built high-rise towers and, and buildings and stuff. Steel worker, you know. He had to climb and stuff. And he and he looked at me and looked like he was about ready to cry. He says, my career is over. He said, you know, I, I wake up, he said, I wake up every morning and I ask God, why'd you wake me up? Why'd you wake me up? And I looked at him, and I leaned across the table, I stood up, and I leaned across the table, and I said, because he's got something for you to do, Tracy. God's got something for you to do. I said, if he woke you up, he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. He said, but what's my purpose? I said, I can tell you one part of your purpose is to glorify God with your life. It's to glorify God with your life. It's not to live for yourself, quit being selfish, and be selfless. He said, I do stuff for people all the time. I said, praise God. But you know you can't work your way into heaven. He says, I know I can't work my way into heaven. It's, it's by the blood of Jesus Christ. He, he, he knew the gospel, and, he, and I believe he's saved, but he's just been, he's, he, life's been beating him up. You know, because 52 is, you know, not an old man. And, and uh, I'm 58, 52 or 53, but I'm not the old man. <laughs> First 30 minutes in the morning, maybe, but, you know, I'm good at that. And so when I get to, get to pray and to read my words, you know, God, God gives me life. God gives us all life. And that's what I was explaining to him. I said, look, you can't forget. I said, and then... I, I shared this with him, verse 10. I said, because you have kept the word of my perseverance, I also will keep you from the hour of testing 
that hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell upon the earth. And I told them that I read in the definition of perseverance. Persistence in doing something despite difficulty or a delay in achieving success or steadfastness to dutifully be dutifully firm and unwavering. I said, it don't matter if you're in a valley, Tracy. It don't matter if you're on the mountaintop. I said, you praise God when you're on the mountaintop. You've got to praise Him when you're in the valley, brother. You've got to give it to God. He's the one. Jesus Christ is going to get you through. Amen. Jesus Christ will get you through. You ain't going to get you through. Amen. I said, you know, I said, I can't get me through. I can't get you through. Jesus Christ, and you've got to hold, hold to that faith that you have in you, that you believe He died on the cross for your sins. You believe He rose again so you could rise again, so you could be part of that resurrection of life, not death. So why are you asking Him why He woke you up like you want to die? I said, you need to say, thank you, Jesus, for waking me up. Help me be a better man today than I was yesterday. Help me to be a better man today. Because I know who you are, Lord. I know who you are. I love you, Lord. I love you. Yes, I love you. So I'm going to try and walk in obedience today. Help me. Pour your grace upon me. I can't do this on my own. You tell me in my word that you will keep me from the hour of temptation. You will keep me. I can't keep myself. But if I trust you, if I love you, I can surrender to you. I can surrender to you, Lord, Master. Yeah. And if He's our Lord and our Master, we have to be obedient. Yes. Or like I told Tracy in the park today, I said, we, we can choose, we have a choice to choose to live like we want and, and hope we remember to be like that thief on the cross right before we take our breath and, and, and surrender. Mm. I said, but... You're going to get beat down the rest of your time in this flesh. I said, and it's not your time. It's God's time. Amen. And then I told him, I said, the span of God's universe, I mean, the span, the span of God's hand, the entire universe fits in. And I told him, I said, next time you see an airplane, Hold the span of your hand up when an airplane's about 20,000 feet and watch how fast it passes through. Mm. I said, that's your life on this planet. Mm. It's but a vapor. I said, we need to learn to trust Him today. And I said, and I've got His phone number. And He told me He wants to come to church sometime. He couldn't make it tonight. And I told Him that, you know, maybe we'll come to church. I said, we'll go sit down and have a meal and talk about Jesus. Amen. That's because we're having church right now, brother. Amen. I said, we're having church. I said, because the verse that God put on my heart this morning is where two or three are gathered in my name, yeah. I am in the midst. Amen. I told him, I said, Jesus is right here with us right now. Amen. I said, but we've got to learn to persevere. We've got to learn to be patient, to patiently wait Amen. for Him and know that He's going to get us through. It's just like Daniel in the lion's den. That's beautiful, man. I was thinking about that. I, I always think about Rasan when I think about that for some reason. But it's like they throw him down in there, these lions and growling and hungry. They drop Daniel down in there, and he's like, I mean, I, you know, I don't know for sure, but I can imagine him. He's down there sleeping. When they wake him up, he's probably got his arm around one of them, his leg up on another one, just laying there asleep. 
and then they come and they bring bring him out, and the king's praising God because the king didn't want to throw him in there, but he did because of his word. And if we were staying on Jesus' word like that and throw things out of our life that he tells us to throw out of our life, how much more joy and peace will we have in our life? Because, you know, and that goes, you know, I've spoke about before about family. You know, these these people that Jesus is talking to in the church of Philadelphia, not the city, but the church of Philadelphia, were a family. They had to be. They had each other's back. They looked out for each other, but they put their total trust in Jesus. They never stopped witnessing for Jesus. They didn't stop standing on his name. And, and he said, I will keep you from the hour of testing. Like I said, I'm not getting into that whole thing because I could, that could be another whole teaching right there on the tribulation and the hour of testing. But in verse 11 he says, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have in order that no one take your crown. Hold fast what you have in order that no one take your crown. And then that made me go back up to verse 2 where it says, because you have a little power. God gives everybody, everybody's different. God don't want us to be robots. Mm -hmm. He didn't make us all to be preachers. He didn't make us all to be street preachers or he didn't make us all to be, you know, deacons or mm-hmm. preachers, teachers or apostles or mm-hmm. whatever. He, he made us all different and he gives us all different gifts in, in, in an array of different gifts according to his will, not ours. It's, it's according to the Holy Spirit gives us the gifts as he chooses. Mm-hmm. Not as Phil chooses because I never chose, I, I never want to preach God's word. I never I, you know, I love, I've always, in, in my own way, the way I knew how I loved people, but I never could have gave two cents for any of them, you know. <laughs> I'm just being honest, you know. But God changed my heart, and I love, I genuinely love people. I genuinely, and, and somebody, and I was telling this guy, Tracy, today, I said, look, man, I said, Good thing you caught me when you did, brother. I said, because I would have blew you off. I said, but what I do on Saturday mornings, I said, and sometimes during the week, I said, if it's been a Friday or Thursday, I said, I don't know if you'd be sitting at this table talking with me right now because I'd be a little bit more stressed. I said, but on Saturdays, I told him, I said, I get up every Saturday morning and I, and I come to the park, you know. Even when it's raining, I'll go sit in my truck in the park just to get away from the noise inside that house. You know, not saying that, that my mom and my sister are like bulls in China shop, and sometimes, you know, my sister a little bit, but my mom, but it, it, it's just for the quiet. It's just for the quiet. You know, there's no TV down the hall, or somebody walking up down the hall. Mom's walker sounds like an airplane coming down the hall. <laughs> But, but I told him, I said, I said, if it wasn't, I said, if it wasn't for the love of God inside of me, brother, I said, we wouldn't be sitting here. 
I said, and I can see that love in you, but you got to open up and let it out. You've got, you've got to, you've got to trust Him and stop trusting you. And we have to trust Him and Him alone. And then He comes back and says, in verse twelve, He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar. And if you want to know what the pillar, a pillar in the temple of my God. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Okay. All you need know about what it takes to be a pillar for you to become a pillar in the temple of God and this would he put on my heart is Matthew chapter 5 the Sermon on the Mount it, it read read y'all everybody should read that <laughs> chapter 5 of Matthew the Sermon on the Mount to explain what you need to be a pillar in the house of this God I believe in the, in the temple of God. It says, And he will not go out from it anymore, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name, praise God, he'll write on you the name of your God, the name of the city of my God, which is Jesus, called the Father and the Holy Spirit. God says, In the name of New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, in my new name. He's right. God's name, God's new name on us. The city of God's new name on us. He's right. Jesus Christ himself's new name on us. We're going to be his for eternity. If we persevere, if we endure, if we overcome. He who overcomes. It don't say he who falls to every wind of doctrine and don't say whoever falls to every single temptation who don't say get off my back Satan I ain't got time for you <laughs> not today you know we got to learn to tell we got to learn to tell him I mean it, he's real that's why I was explaining triceps and dude when those thoughts come in your head about why'd you wake me up say not today Satan I said get off my back I'm a child of the Lord I'm a child of Jesus Christ. I'm covered by His blood. You can't have me. Amen. Get off my back. Shut up. <laughs> Stop talking to me. I don't want to hear you. Amen. I'm going to listen to my God because my God is my Savior. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. Amen. He's my God. He's yes. my master. He's my Lord. Amen. You're nothing to me. Jesus already won the victory for me. I don't need to listen to you. I don't need to listen to this world. I don't have to listen to that TV. I don't have to listen to my mother. She's talking nonsense. <laughs> if she's praising you and telling me to walk closer to you and, 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 and to walk that narrow path and to go after that straight gate, then yes, I'm going to listen to my mother. But Jesus said, you're going to have... In, 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 you're going to have brother turn against brother, father against son, mother against daughter. You're going to have family members persecuting you because you want to walk pleasing to God. And you don't want to please them. No, I don't want to come over and watch football with you, Pastor so-and-so. No, I don't want to watch the UFC. No, I lived that before. I don't need to get in there and, and, and vain babbling is what, what it comes out to be to me. It's when you're going and you're arguing over, oh, this guy, oh, he's a wolf. He's a wolf. I'm like going, 
Jesus said, if somebody slaps you in the face, you give them that other cheek. He don't say fight it back. He don't say stand up for yourself. What did He do when He walked to that cross? He surrendered. Walked to that cross, got spit in His face, and, and I just had to tell Tracy because we got to talk about that too. I was like going, I don't know if I have that turn the other cheek thing down 100%. I said, I'd like to think I do because he was getting really upset when I said something. Because <laughs> he had said something and I told him, I said, well, Jesus said, you know, turn the other cheek. I ain't turning my other cheek. Somebody hits me. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, Tracy, I said, what did Jesus do? He got slapped, he got punched, he had his beard pulled out, got whipped 39 times across his back, had a crown of thorns put on blood, he was losing all this blood. Then they made him carry that big cross up the hill. Then they crucified him. I said, you know why he did that? Because he loves you. He loves me. He loves you. That's why he did that. We're to be followers of Christ. And that's what they were doing in Philadelphia. That's why Jesus was so proud because they were standing firm. They were being persecuted by the church because they were walking uprightly. They weren't getting involved with the idols of the day and, and of the city and the world that they knew, that they lived in. They weren't being enticed by the world. They were in love with Jesus. And, and they were standing firm in their faith because they knew who He was. They knew what His promises were. They knew that He promised a beautiful eternity. And they knew He opened the door for opportunity for them to come into the kingdom by enduring and standing fast. And, and some people say it's an it's, it's a open door soul winning. But I think it's an open door for us to do what God has called us to do and to use the gifts that God's given us for His glory. Mm -hmm. Whatever gift that is, it don't mean, you know, people are going to be soul winners. It don't mean everybody's going to be a preacher. But we should all have a testimony. Mm -hmm. and, and speaking of those who overcome, this is in Revelation 12, 11. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the power of their testimony. <coughs> by the word of their testimony. By the power of the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives until death. I've, tried, I've, been, I've been reading the NASB and I, everything I memorized is King James and I'm like getting them twisted up sometimes but they overcame so we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony by loving not our lives until the death by stop being selfish and give ourselves to God because he gave everything he had for us we need to give him everything about us and, and, and walk pleasing to him then we'll be pillars in the temple of God we won't go in and out. He'll write his beautiful name, whatever it's going to be, it don't matter. It doesn't matter what his new name's going to be because it's going to glorify him. 
It's going to glorify Him. And it's going to be all over us. Like it should be right now. It should be all over us. His name should be all over us. The name of Jesus should be all over us. People should be able to look at us. This guy told me today, he said, you know, he said, there was something about you. I had to stop and talk. I said, that's the reason God got you up this morning. Because he knew you need to be encouraged in him. That's your purpose. But today, sit down here at church with me. Me, you, and Jesus sitting here at this table to encourage you. And he left. And you can see, as we were talking, you can see life coming back into his eyes. And mm-hmm. a little bit of joy. Just a little sprinkling of joy. But I told him, I said, it's got to be about you surrendering to him. Can't be selfish. I said, as hard as it is, I said, like with my vertigo, I was getting really frustrated at times and, and wondering how this, that, and the other, how is things going to work out. And I said, and you being a steel worker, erecting big skyscraper buildings and stuff, and you have a stroke, and you're telling me your career is over, do you think that's what God called you to do? Was build buildings? No, He gave you the ability. To do that, but he's given you so much more ability that you need to discover. Mm-hmm. And the only way to discover that is with and through his word and praying to him, laying your life down for him. And he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's mm-hmm. a spiritual ear. We've got to be sensitive. That's why I go on Saturdays. I wish I could go every single day, sitting apart for a couple of hours, and just have quiet, because then we can hear that still small voice. And even in the midst of our day when it's busy, we can still hear that still small voice. If we're his children, we just have to pay attention and not get too tied up in this world and what we think we're providing because we're not providing nothing. He provides it all. He chose us. He gave us faith to believe in Him. We had absolutely nothing to do with our salvation. Why shouldn't we surrender our whole life to Him? Everything about it. Nothing to worry about because He provides. He's our provider. And if we had to skip a meal once in a while, when my kids were little, I had to skip quite a few meals because I had, well, we had, I didn't have any of them actually. (laughs) Me and Debbie had those children, we didn't have insurance. And I was selling shoes part time because I wanted to do what I wanted when I wanted to, you know. And, and that's the exact opposite of what Jesus Christ wants us to do, is to do what we want when we want to. We have to be sensitive to the Spirit and allow Him to guide our every minute and every breath that He gives us and every day He chooses to give us. It's like yesterday I was praying about the light. I said, Lord, if you choose to tarry, use me tomorrow if it's your will because it's not about me. Because I, I never want to be up there. But 
I love God, and if He puts something on my heart, and or if I'm asked, if Rasan asked me to speak, I know God's put it on His heart. And if you know, if He presents me an opportunity like today in the park, it's just as important as getting up here and speaking to you guys, because He put it on my heart to open up with Tracy. And, and Tracy, I don't know him from Adam. He could have been there to rob me, <laughs> as far as I know. He would have been disappointed. Yeah, my pocket's pretty empty. But, <laughs> and I told him that too. I said, What's the name? You've been coming here to rob me. I said, But you would have left disappointed because I'm broke, bro. <laughs> but the whole thing is we, we've got to trust God. You know, He's got our back. His angels surround Hallelujah. us and protect us and keep us. We have angels assigned to us because He tells us in His Word we have angels. But angels are assigned to the children. And if you trip those children of woe to you, you might as well have had a millstone hung around your neck thrown in the bottom of the sea. You don't trip up the children of God and think you're getting away with something because it's coming back because God will fight for us. Yes. We don't have to lift a finger. Like that song said, my God fights for me. He fought for, lion, for Daniel in the lion's den. He was the one who took out Goliath. Because his spirit was in David. When that happened, David was a little... In, in any giant that comes our way, because I mean, David was a child, and this guy's seven feet tall, or nine feet tall, whatever he was, and he walks down there with no armor. It's going, my God, because he knew in his, in his heart, and in his inner man, he won't just think, and I think God's going to take care of me. This guy can't talk about God like that and get away with it. My God's got this. And he took him out. We have to learn to trust God with blind faith. Straight up and down with everything he allows us to go through, no matter what battle, no matter what fires we have to go through, no matter what sicknesses or illnesses we go through, God's got a call on our lives. And if he's got a call on your life and you know it, he said to the apostles after he fed the 5,000 when he went over to the gatherings, he said, let's go to the other side. And he fell asleep in the bottom of the boat and they're screaming and hollering, we're going to die, we're going to die. <laughs> Get up, don't you care about us? Mm-hmm. You men of little faith, peace be still. He didn't say, like I probably would have, didn't I tell you, let's go to the other side? You know, they forgot. Let's go to the other side, not let's try to go. And if you got Jesus in your boat and we have Jesus in our boat, we don't need to worry about it. We don't have to be, you know, you have, see some churches, and, and I don't listen to their pastors that are, have these mega churches, some of them. There's, there's some men that have good-sized churches that are true men of God and they teach the truth. But you have some that aren't huge but they're tight. They believe. They've committed and surrendered to Jesus Christ to hold fast to what He's given them. And that's what His Word says, to hold fast to what you have. So if we take what God's given us and hold fast, He's going to get all the glory. He's going to get us through. He's going to provide. Because it's not about what we attain in this world it's about what awaits us in the next age 
which is heaven, and we get that new name, and I can't wait. And with that, I'm going to call up my pastor, Rasan. Thank you guys. I love y'all for putting up with me. I hope y'all got something out of that because I did. Amen. God knows, um, you know, there's no way I would have been able to minister today. You know, it's been a rough week. And uh, I was praying about it uh, about three weeks ago, I think, about, you know, Phil speaking. And I, I started arguing with God. The Lord's telling me Philadelphia for him. And I'm like, no, he's going to do Sardis. <laughs> because I knew what my schedule was. <laughs> and then I, I submitted and surrendered, and lo and behold, the week that I knew, well, the week that I didn't know, God knew that I couldn't do it, you know, he planned to fail to do it, amen, so, you know, as always, you know, if you only got one offering, we're going to bless Phil, you know, it's, it's not easy, especially coming from Revelation, and the church that y'all seeing, you know, it's easy to regurgitate other people's information, right, it, it, it's nothing when you come in with what God has given you, it, it, it makes a difference, you know, um, and one thing he said, which the Lord showed me earlier in, in verse 8, um, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. You know, Phil mentioned that this is a dark world, right? And we are supposed to be a reflection of God's light in this world, right? And ultimately, are we sharing the love of Christ? Right, and what does that mean? Because um, what we tend to do is we tend to share our opinions, philosophies, other people's information, but are we sharing the love of Christ? And with that, you know, even when he talks about soul and it, there's no one way to share Christ because God's love is shed abroad so wide, yeah. right? So we lock him in a box when we try to share Christ one way. Yeah. That's not the way to share Christ. Amen. Right? Because we can share Christ in multiple ways. So just like he shared today with with Tracy, today, that's one way. Mm -hmm. Right? There, there can be another way. Amen. Right? So just yesterday, I'm talking with a lady I'm working and uh and um you know I, she was on a she she was about to leave and then the Lord laid on my heart to pray for him. So I asked her. And she said, yes. So I prayed. And guess what? The Holy Spirit just came. And guess what? There was no need for me to say anything else. Because the Holy Spirit did. And at the end of the prayer, she said, your prayer said everything. Your prayer said everything. And she she began the week doing the prayer. Why? Because there's no one way to share Christ. So as she journeyed back home, the Lord was able to minister her. I'm sure. Right? So we can't put Christ in the box. Amen. We can't we can't lock him in the box. Amen. Because when we lock him in the box, then it's not Christ. Amen. It, it becomes man and it actually becomes a devil. Mm. Right? So we, we gotta get out of the habit of saying, Well, again, the ABCs, we do it this way. No, there's no one way. Amen. Right? Sometimes somebody may need to hear uh, a doctrine. So when I was in Connecticut and I worked at the warehouse. 
they had those types of guys there. That that's what they took to, right? So I, I had to give them that. And then that night when I got home, guess what? I had to study. I had to go back and study. And then I, I had to come back the next day and give it to them some more. That's what they needed. But everybody's not like that. Sometimes they may just need our prayers. Sometimes they may just need to hear, hey, I love you. Right? Sometimes they may need to hear, be led to Christ right then and there. We, we don't know. Right? So we got to be careful of that. Because, like I said, there's no one way. It doesn't matter if they're a teenager. If they're a kid, if they're adult, uh, an adult, I don't know what I'm saying there. <laughs> an adult, or where they're from, right? There's no one way, so we, we have to get out of the habit of locking Christ into a box. Amen. All right. Now